Welcome to the Honest Conversations with My Pastor podcast. We sit down every week with our pastor, Andrew Zanako, and ask some honest questions about what we heard from God in the previous Sunday sermon. The goal of this podcast is to help connect the dots of what God speaks to us on a Sunday morning and our everyday lives. We pray this podcast equips and encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. All right, so welcome to another episode of the Honest Conversations with My Pastor podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Orndorf, and I have my co-host, Josh Brown, and of course, Andrew Zanaco with us today. Um, Sweet. So, Andrew, do you want to tell us quickly about the sermon from Sunday? Oh, yes. First of all, so pumped that you guys are on this. (laughs) Everybody give a round of applause to Sammy and Josh. They're awesome. Uh, So we continued biblical formation this week. We finished up section two, which is the humanity section. And we talked about sin in part three of humanity. (laughs) So can't talk about humanity in the Bible without talking about sin. So we're not going to go over the whole sermon. So if you haven't listened to the message, you can go find it um, on wherever you're watching or listening this to this podcast. You can also find the message. So go check it out. But we'll get into some questions then, huh? Yeah, we have a bunch of questions. So excited. Josh is going to kick us off. Yeah, we had some really good questions. Um, Let's just kick off. Mainly, I, I had one just mm-hmm. listening again to the sermon this weekend. Uh, well, yesterday, really. But um, <laughs> you weren't able to get too much into like what our response to sin should be, right? Which is uh, repentance, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking maybe of asking you to kind of explain for people, and even for myself at times, just the difference between true conviction of our sin versus shame and guilt, mm-hmm. right? I think I know sometimes I tend to get into this if I'm not feeling enough shame and guilt early on at the onset for X, Y, Z sin, then can I truly repent and move on from that? So just kind of your thoughts on the difference between true Holy Spirit conviction versus shame and guilt. That is a great question. So I'll give an answer here and you tell me if it's kind of hitting on what you're talking about. And if not, (laughs) you can ask another question. Um, So what I'm hearing is kind of what's the difference the way maybe I would put it is what's the difference between conviction and like condemnation, like the shame and guilt thing. So conviction leads us to Jesus condemnation leads us away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So condemnation is like, no, 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 you can't go to God. You got this thing going on. And so that's the like, you're screwed. That's <laughs> that's condemnation. You know, yeah. like you've been sentenced and now it's done. Conviction is, okay, I have sin. I have got, I've got to come to Jesus. Right. So it's the Holy Spirit who brings conviction, but it's the enemy who brings condemnation. So if the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction into our lives, he is coming to remind us of the things that Jesus said. That's what Jesus tells us. So he's convicting us of sin and righteousness and judgment. So he's convicting us of the sin that we have. He's also convicting us of the righteousness that we have. So that's a powerful thought right there is that when you get convicted of sin, you're you're not just being convicted of sin as a believer. You're also being convicted of your righteousness. And you're realizing, well, this sin doesn't line up with the righteousness that I have. Mm-hmm. And then you're being convicted of judgment, which is like, okay, it matters that I have chosen this thing and it matters that I turn from it and repent because there is there is consequence, there is judgment. And so I'm going to come and receive the forgiveness of Jesus now. Yes. I'm going to be led to him in my conviction. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, so my thought was, I guess a follow-up question might mm-hmm. be, do you think there has to be some level of shame and guilt early on, right? Living in mm-hmm. that is totally different from having the shame and guilt. So I think of like the story of the prodigal son, right? Mm-hmm. Lost everything, was was eating with the pigs, right? And, and really yeah. had 
fallen into that shame and guilt and then finally said, I've got to go back mm. to my father. So do you think it's almost like a, the stages of mm. or the fa- phases of repentance? Do you think yeah. that's one that's got to start? Because sometimes, sometimes I think, well, if I don't have any shame and guilt, is God going to take my repentance seriously? Like, mm. Can I really walk back in freedom with him? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that what you're talking about in like the kind of stages of repentance is – is a really valid point, and there's really smart theolog- theologians who outline smart-sounding things about that. <laughs> That's like, yeah, there's a process. There is a process in repentance, and there's like a process of conviction, right. you know. And so, and there's kind of layers of it too. I mean, I'm no, I'm sure you've yeah. experienced it. Like, there's things that maybe I've been convicted about before, but now I'm convicted of it more than I was before. And so, right. it's like God's kind of just digging that well of righteousness is just kind of taking one more scoop out at a time, you know? So whether it would be, whether God would label it, does it need to be shame and guilt or or something else? Like, I I don't know how maybe all the labels would work, but there's absolutely like the part of, part of feeling the the depravity of sin, the consequences of your decisions, the void of rebelling against God, like whatever you, whatever you might label that, that's absolutely a part of repentance, you know, like John six, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever drinks of me will never thirst. So that would imply like that feeling of hunger and Mm -hmm. thirst, you know, so maybe that's shame and guilt or whatever, you know, like, I don't know what all fits into there, but there, we, yeah, we absolutely have to recognize our hunger and our thirst to realize I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. I need the bread of life. I need the water of life. Yeah. We, we actually talked about that question came up in our life group last night, like mm-hmm. the difference between awesome. shame and conviction and what we had kind of settled on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but that when you're living in shame, it's when you're kind of avoiding God, like mm. you're avoiding your sin or you're, you feel like shameful or embarrassed or like, oh, that's not, I'm not really doing that. That's not happening. And you're not dealing with it. But conviction is when you actually take action on mm. it and you like bring it back to God and you're like, okay, I want, how do I, what do I do now like mm. going forward? Yeah. That's kind of where we landed was like shame is avoiding it, pretending it's not there. Conviction is changing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's really good. As you're talking about it, it's reminding me, I'm like, well, really condemnation and and shame or whatever is really self-centered. It's like, I'm going (laughs) to avoid God because I have this thing. Conviction and repentance is God-centered. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, I'm going (laughs) to focus on Jesus and he is amazing. (laughs) And he is righteous. He heals me. He forgives me. He, that's what conviction needs to bring me to a revelation of Jesus. Whereas the condemnation just sticks with the revelation of yourself. It's like, ah, yeah, I'm really bad. That's really good. That's really good. Great question. You had a great question too, Sammy. Yeah. So, um, Chris and I were actually talking about this on Sunday and Mm. trying to think through it. And one thing that you said that's so freeing was you said like we weren't made to know good and evil, mm. right? We weren't made to know right and wrong. Um, we were made to know God. Mm-hmm. It's like how we were originally created, which is so cool. But we were like, how does that work though? Because we have sinned. Mm-hmm. So we do know wrong. Like we do yeah. know right and evil. Um, so isn't it our responsibility to then like figure that out? Or is it our responsibility to discern like, is this right or wrong? Because yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good question. And I, I think what I my first thought is that the the bigger win than right or wrong in anything is what's God and what's not. 
and I think right and right and wrong, sometimes that's kind of a sufficient framework for a conversation, you know, with your kids or whatever. That's like, okay, this is a, just a right decision or a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But the reason a right decision is the right decision is because it's a godly decision. Yeah. And so ultimately the higher focus is God. <laughs> How do I walk with God in this is like the God-focused way of saying what's right and what's wrong. Because anything that's right is right because of Him. Is that yeah. making sense? So how how do I reflect him in this? How do I know him in this? And ultimately, I think a lot of the right and wrong conversations are sort of, you know, not necessarily never have those conversations, but right. not losing focus in the middle of that. Okay. I don't know. What do you think about that? So like what if, like if I'm trying to figure out, I don't know, pick a sin topic, like mm-hmm. any, anything, yeah. like is this is this right or is this mm-hmm. wrong? Like is this going to draw me closer to God or is this going to put up that barrier or yeah. do something like how, what would you recommend for someone trying to figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's great. I think even the way you asked it, like some of it can be semantics, you know, like, right. but if we're asking, because <laughs> you're that, that what you just um, gave an example of you, what your heart is, is like, God, I want to walk with you. Yeah. So call it right, call it wrong, whatever. But you're looking for God, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the whole. That's the whole point. So whether the semant- whatever the semantics are, but I think right and wrong, not knowing right and wrong, is more. It's not about never saying what's right and what's wrong. I think it's the the religious rat race of like being more right than more wrong, right. improving yourself right, trying to justify yourself by being right, trying to judge everybody else because they're wrong okay. or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That like like I heard somebody say one time, we're all suckers for religion. And what I think about is like, <laughs> yeah, we're suckers for like the the checkbox of yes. like, okay, <laughs> I do do these things. I don't do those things. And that means I'm a good person. I'm good with God. God loves me. I'm better than some of these other people. I may not be as good as those other people, but I'm in. Right. And or Jesus just, bad. yeah, I'm not that bad. <laughs> and Jesus just like totally destroys that box. And I think Genesis 2 destroys that box as well. Like yeah. there was never supposed to be metrics of right. our righteousness. It's like Jesus is righteous. Yeah. Not my, like my, my acts, my, the Bible says my righteous acts are dirty rags. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, whoa, there's not this scale here that we're trying to talk about. Sorry if you hear walking on the roof on the podcast. But um, <laughs> so that that's I think the the bigger point of saying, okay, we're not supposed to have the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Isn't like, okay, never talk in your life about what's right and what's wrong. I think it's that measuring up and metric of like, no, no, God defines me. I'm following God. Right. Is and that helpful? Yeah, because I feel like maybe like it's not that we aren't supposed to like obviously we know right and wrong but that's mm-hmm. going to come it's like which one are you prioritizing maybe mm-hmm. like am i prioritizing knowing god and then that's like the outflow of knowing him is yeah. kind of recognizing what's right and wrong versus like you can't get to know god by knowing right and wrong yeah maybe. yeah 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 i mean it's like i i want to i want to be right cuz i want to walk with god like <laughs> and i want to i want to do right because i've been made righteous by jesus so yeah i want to discern what's wrong but it's not because i'm trying to win heaven by being by not being bad yeah you know like i'm not trying to just put myself in the good box and put everybody else in the bad box. Like mm-hmm. we do that. Like whenever the good and evil comes part of the conversation, it, it immediately becomes the status of like, well, where do I fit compared to everybody else? Do you think that's why, like, do you think that's why we get so stuck in that? 
Like, because I feel like I've heard from so many people just who have listened to this message. They mm-hmm. always say like that, that portion is so freeing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are we, why are we so prone, prone or drawn to doing that? Yeah. What do you think? I think that's like, probably has a lot to do with sin. <laughs> like, that, that's what, that's what God told us not to do. And then we did it. And it's like, well, shoot, okay. that's the brokenness. You know, that's the brokenness yeah. we ate of is like, I think God's trying to say like, Hey, you don't need to live your life with in this like lame framework of, of good and evil. Like mm-hmm. just walk with me. Yeah. Like, which is challenging and stretching. It's like, well, I thought we were supposed to be good, you know? And it's like, well, kind of. We're actually more supposed to be made in the image of God. Right, right. And he's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's stretching for sure. I mean, I've got something on yeah. that a little bit. Even just, you want to talk about like honest questions. Yeah, yeah. Like hearing you say, you know, we weren't made to understand that there was a good and evil, right? Like honestly, the first question I thought was, then why even create a tree of the knowledge of good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's almost like like I watched <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. an experiment on YouTube one time with the kids. You know, like they put like a candy bar in front of them, and they're like, All right, "I'm gonna oh. leave the room. <laughs> yeah, if you don't eat this before yeah. I come back, you'll get another one." It's almost mm-hmm. like reverse psychology, right? It's like, of course yeah. they're gonna eat the yeah. apples. The <laughs> one thing they told them they couldn't have. So that's probably yeah. too deep theologically. No, no. To, my wife Crystal would say that's just you on the argue. I'm like, no, it's, it's healthy debate. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah. It's a healthy no, debate. It's, it's a great question. There's tons of people have that question. I mean, I like, I kind of have that question, you know. But so I think in approaching that question, we have, I have to start with what's the building blocks we've been laying so far, which is God is God. I'm not which right. means he's bigger than me and knows things I don't know. Yes. So there, that's that's a huge first rock when it comes to these theological questions. Yes. You know, because a question similar to that is someone uh, or lots of people, you know, ask or somebody could ask, um, if God knew we were going to sin, why would, he, why would he do it? It's right. the same version. It's a different version of that same question. So I have to approach the question with the understanding that, again, God's God, I'm not. So that means he is and I'm not. So like, that's important. <laughs> and so like, this is, this is his world and I'm living in it. And so he's good. So what he does is good, whether I understand it or not, because he's, he's good before I was ever around, he was good and yeah. defining good and all of these sort of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like, all right, that kind of disarms it a little bit in terms of all of the answers that I feel like I have a right to understand. I don't actually I can't put that demand on God that like, you better give me a satisfactory answer or or, I don't know if I'm going to follow you, you know? And it's like, that's kind of, that's on me, not on him. So all of that to say, apparently God thought it was better to do it this way than not there. And, and, you know, there's a lot to talk about there and um, free will and love and all of this. And, you know, and, and I think that I, I, I would tend to agree that I don't know how you have love without a choice and then yes. you you look at the biblical story and even you look at salvation and i i don't understand this this is one of my bigger frustrations about myself but i'm like why why when we get saved do we not just become righteous robots yeah. who like don't <laughs> screw stuff up like it just feel i feel like that would be better. You know i'm like i would be a better pastor. We would all be better people. We wouldn't make people uh, leave church because they got hurt by us because we wouldn't do stupid stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like if we were all robots, they would just be easier. But apparently God wanted sons and daughters, not robots. Right. Well, it's like, yeah. I don't know, that that comment makes me think of even like our kids or like my, our middle son is yeah. almost three. So he's in that stage where it's like half the day I'm like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> yeah. so hard. And then the other half, it's like amazing. So yeah. I feel like if, 
if everything, if we were these like robots, you wouldn't mm-hmm. have those like, I don't know, like there's a lot of beauty in the like yeah. craziness and the mess of it. So. There's no relationship yeah. outside of the opportunity for a, a mess. Right. And, <laughs> and God made the decision, you know, that it's better to do it this way than to not do it at all. Yeah. 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 Was like even Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Who built up so much of the church? Even he said, like the very thing I don't want to do, I do it. Yes. Like, why? <laughs> totally. totally. Like God, just make me a robot. Yeah. Or like, why? Why when we're saved, do we not either become robots or just get zapped up to heaven? Right. I don't understand. <laughs> that. Yeah. But like, just apparently, Jesus really wants to us to abide with Him, yeah. and this life that we live matters a lot to Jesus. It matters yeah. a lot to God. Like the way He designed this, He likes it. He He made it this way for a good reason. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot that comes with it, but that makes him that much more amazing that he sticks it out with us. But not totally. only that, but enters into it through Jesus. And, and it's just wild. Yeah. yeah. So we had another good question. Um, I'll read this here that somebody asked us. Uh, they said, we had life group last night. Two people commented that they had never heard the theology around the skins God provided to clothe them being the first blood sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So these people in life group wondered if Andrew had made that application or if it is a biblical principle that led to the Old Testament blood sacrifices. I have a deep question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to decipher the question out of it. Um, so did I, did I make that application? I think I did make that application by saying it. So I think that's me making an application. Uh, so... Did, is that the what was the second half of the question, or was so it? So the second half was is is it a biblical principle, mm-hmm. or pretty much is that what led to the Old Testament mm-hmm. blood sacrifices? Did those come? I think from that, gotcha, from gotcha. That moment. Okay, cool. Uh, I am definitely not in any place to make clear how God's decision process went <laughs> and what led to the Old Testament sacrifices. Uh, what I can say is, it seems that these things. Are parallel. Yeah. yeah. I see the link of the wages of sin is death, God making a way for righteousness. So I, yeah, I'm not in a place to make those say like God did that there and then therefore that exactly led to this, mm-hmm. but I see the link. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a good enough that, answer to I that? I mean, when you talked <laughs> about that, that's the link I kind of heard was, all yeah. right, that, that's the first mention we see of a blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And really it's foreshadowing too of Jesus of the cross, yeah. right? Of knowing, right, there's going to have to be an ultimate blood sacrifice to cover that all. Yeah. 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 And I think I want to say like that paves the way for the Old Testament. Someone was uh, telling me this week, someone was asking like, man, I hope Andrew preaches on like, how is the God of the Old Testament not different than the God of the New Testament? And my first thought is, well, I hope I'm kind of doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, hope, I hope we're doing that. But I think it's worth highlighting that and saying a lot of this biblical formation thing and even the point of this last message, which is why I opened talking about first impressions right. is when we miss this, uh, and when we miss some of what we talked about on Sunday, it really can have a big impact on the lens through which we read the rest of the yes. Old Testament. And we can develop a caricature about God that isn't accurate. It's yep. just built on presuppositions that came from our first impression that we misunderstood in the first place. Right. So I think it's powerful to, to make sure we note this, that like, wow, okay, does that, does that mean everything in the Bible now makes perfect sense? I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying it does matter that we look from the very beginning and see that God is the God who comes close in the midst of our sin, who mm-hmm. makes a way back to him and pays the price for redemption. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there are other questions, but yeah. those things are also <laughs> always true. Yeah. That's good. I've, I've gotten to where when I, when I get questions that, you know, like the why create the, the tree of the fruit, yeah. right? 
that I can't answer. I get to the point, well, one, it's probably good that I can't answer that because I'm not God. <laughs> yeah. And then I default to, like, I feel like that's where faith comes in, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a level of, I don't understand it, mm-hmm. but I'm choosing to believe it because yeah. he's good. Right? Totally. Yeah. yeah, it's great. And I think even going back to your question, um, like the wondering if you like made that application or if that's like standard theology of whatever. right, right. I feel like a lot of that comes back to like we're told to love God with all our hearts, soul, and minds. So mm-hmm. like this is where I'm English teacher. I love yeah. like <laughs> analyzing literature and reading it, but I think that yeah. we often forget to like read the Bible with our mind and like yes. think through it. So no, it doesn't say. God made a sacrifice, but mm-hmm. it said he used skins, and yeah. that requires, Where else like, if did you pause come from? to think about it, yeah, it requires that, especially when you consider, like, they weren't even, like, Adam, and, that's probably the first animal ever killed. Yeah. Like, Adam and Eve weren't eating meat right. at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, like, think about how, I don't know, just, it right. just makes it even more, like, beautiful, I think, mm-hmm. that, like, God, I don't know, just a really pretty picture of mm-hmm. Jesus and what was coming. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I love that. Um, another question that someone sent in. So it says, another strong comment was that it is so important to teach our children about sin and the mm-hmm. consequences of it. Um, what age do you think you can start talking about that? Or when should a child start learning yeah, about sin? That's a good question. That is a great question. Um, so I am not a professional parent. My <laughs> oldest child is six years old. So I'm always uh, careful to say, here's my expert parenting advice. Um, so number one on that, I will say, here, I'll give you some thoughts. Number two, if I've, this is why it's great to be in life group and talk about this together yes. as friends. And be like, what are y'all doing with your kids yes. and how can we do this together? <laughs> so I'm serious. That's like a huge thing. Uh, but So my kids are six, four, and five months. Uh, Esme's five months. So we're just hammering sin with Esme. <laughs> <laughs> just, Poor Esme. Yeah. All we talk about, no. No, so but I, I would say like with, with Rose and Smith, my six and four year old, it's not hard for them to talk about sin. Like right. we all know we know what the feeling of sin is. And so when they disobey, I mean they know they you know, everybody's personality is different, but they'll run and hide when they're embarrassed or trying to hide something. They'll, you know, we we all have our reactions to it. So it's not, talking to your kids about sin isn't really hard in the sense that it's like, oh gosh, I have to bring something up that's really going to rain on their parade. It's like, no, I'm just talking you through life right now. You made that decision and now there's these consequences or we're having this discipline. That's ideal format for talking about sin. Like this is real life. When we make decisions, there's consequences and this is how it is with God as well. And so, or, Hey, that, like that thing you're feeling, you know, like I remember having this conversation with Rose. It was like a handful of months ago. It was one of the first times it was like, there was something in the heart really going on. She had came, she'd come and confessed something that, you know, she felt really bad about. And she was like wanting to hide from us and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, I'm not bringing anything up. All I'm doing is parenting you through this scenario. Like, hey, you're feeling this because sin makes you feel this way. And isn't this like the worst? Yeah. Like, doesn't it feel terrible to want to run from mommy and daddy and like hide yourself? Like, you don't need to do that. I love you. (laughs) You I want to talk to you about this stuff. And this is how God is too. You know, so it's really not something that I have to bring up. It's more about paying attention to what's happening and just actually talking through the real things of life. Right. Sort of off that, um, I think this is maybe our last question. I don't know how much time we have left, but um, what's the, so that line between, it's always like a hard line between like 
God's forgiveness and love and like grace, obviously, mm-hmm. but then still that like sin is a big deal and mm-hmm. it is like a problem. Yeah. Um, your second point in the sermon see if I, was that sin makes us ashamed of things he isn't concerned about. Mm-hmm. Can you like clarify that or talk about what that means? Because I, I kind of feel like when I first heard that, I could use or someone could use that to kind of brush off a sin yeah. issue and be like, oh, well, like, yeah. God isn't concerned about this because that's just how he made me. Like mm-hmm. he made me right. just a really proud person or he made me X, Y, Z, whatever. 100%. Um, so he isn't really, no big deal. He loves me. Totally. It's a great question. So the when I say he's not concerned about it, I don't mean it in the sense that he doesn't care. Okay. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care about it. It means it's not concerning in the sense that he can handle it. It's not like, oh gosh, like, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) You know, there's no sin that I'm going to bring to God that he's like, oh gosh, like, I don't know how we're going to handle this. (laughs) He's not surprised. Yeah. Like I I can't handle this. This is too big for me. This is, this is too big of a problem. You know, (laughs) it's like, no, no, no. Like that, that's what I mean. It's like, he's not concerned about it and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have that. Okay. I mean, it's like not it absolutely cares. Like it matters 100%. Okay. And like, that's, that's why, and I, I always wonder about saying statements like that because we have to hear it in the framework of everything we're talking about, which yeah. is sin is a bigger problem than we think it is, mm-hmm. but God's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So we should be more concerned in that sense. <laughs> you right. know, like we need, we need to understand how big of a deal sin is, how big of a problem it is, how much we can't handle it. That goes into the whole thick leaves things right. I talked about and all that sort of thing. <laughs> like that's the, that's the thing. Like God, God knows what's really going on, which is why he had to cover them with the skins and do the garden. Like he knew what was coming now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're going to talk about that in a few weeks. Like God knew in the garden what was happening way more than Adam and Eve understood what was happening. Right. Where I think we see it the other way around. Like Adam and Eve had a real grasp on their sin, but God was totally caught off guard and like didn't know what to do. And he just lost his mind and flipped out. God <laughs> knew the whole rest of the biblical story was going to happen. God, 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 God sees the bigger picture. Right. <laughs> so he can handle it. Like he can handle it. He's, he's present and he's able and he's strong. So we, but we have to partner that with the revelation of the sin that like, yes, he, he cares, but it's not concerning. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that helpful? helpful? It's a great question. That's good. It's a great question. Well, I think we about hit our time limit here, but we really, Thanks, guys. You know, we really hit almost all the questions. So Woo. awesome. <laughs> some great, some great questions. That's a great spot to end though. This week's episode. Um, Thanks for having the conversation with us, Andrew. Thanks, and Sammy. guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, glad absolutely. We got to do it. Uh, and thanks everyone for the questions. <laughs> Obviously, next week uh, for next week's sermon, send in your questions via email info at antiochindy.com, uh, within the chat on YouTube when it's live, or you can message uh, Antioch Indy on Instagram or Facebook as well. And we'll see you next time for another episode. Thanks, guys. That's good. Thanks.